Hey there, Tom. Good morning, Isabel. Well, it might be afternoon by the time people listen to this. Um, let us welcome everybody to our the name of our show, which is... It's Mostly Just Different. So, and I think I'm going to put it this way. The show that you listen to when you, when you need help resolving conflict, you kind of realize that it's not really right or wrong. In the course of listening, it's Mostly Just Different. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good. Uh, I think that um, we've in the past also that you and I have agreed that there are extremes, that there are some things that are right or wrong mm-hmm. and that those exist. However, what I've experienced and I believe you have too is, is that there's a lot of room in between those right and wrongs mm-hmm. that people can get come together and be resolved on. And that's why I'm calling it mostly just different that if you're able to hear each other between those two extremes that we believe that you can find a way of coming together and having some sort of resolution. And that's what we've been talking about. And that works for me. See, easy, easy, easy. Okay then. So what's our topic today? Well, um, I was thinking about when we spoke last week, two weeks ago, that we were talking about um, grounding points when you're the listener trying to work through some sort of conflict. And one, one of the grounding points that we talked about was related to remembering that the buttons that we carry, the insecurities that we carry into these conversations that usually get set off, and that's usually what's going on when people are in conflict, that we talked about one part of it, that these buttons are brought to the relationship. In other words, you bring yours and I bring mine in the origin of these on a past podcast. We're talking about where they start family of origin. Our buttons start comes from there. And I was thinking that there's also something else that starts when our family of origin that supports us being stuck in our buttons. And I would call these that these are coping mechanisms that we learn as kids that when we're in a situation that's emotionally unhealthy for us growing up, that we fall into what I call four potential coping mechanisms that we utilize in which to help us navigate and survive, emotionally survive growing up. And we also bring these coping mechanisms even into our adult life. And so we're not, they haven't stopped once we become adults. And so I thought maybe we could talk more about those, uh, what those are and how they factor into when we're trying to negotiate or work through something with our partners to, I think ideally the person, each, each one of us individually, if, if we can relate to these coping mechanisms, say, oh, wow, yeah, that's me. I I do that. I, I operate like that. Then when you have that awareness, you can also choose to change that so that you're not coming from that place. So I need to backtrack a little bit. I always, when I first heard the term family of origin, I'm like, what in the world are they talking about? So when we talk about family origin, it's the stuff that we learn within our families as we're growing up. Yeah. and, and Our it's parents, bro- our siblings, our family unit as we were growing up. Well, and, I, and, and mo- a lot of people, we've probably talked about this on a past podcast. A lot of people, when they hear that term, they immediately think of the relationship between their father and their mother. You know, in fact, they can even get defended. Oh, great. We're going to talk about my rest of my parents. My, uh, my, 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 my parents were great. I don't need to, you know, what are you talking about family and origin? And, and, and I go, no, 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 no. Um, I go, family of origin to me is very broad. It, it's like the village to raise a child mm-hmm. that it's your experience, not only with your parents, it's your siblings, it's your peer group, it's extended family, it's teachers, coaches, friends. Um, traumatic, yeah, friends, uh, traumatic events that may have occurred when you were a child, all of those things that you can have unhealthy contact or moments with any of your 
caretakers, if you will, that have an impact on you. It's funny, just real quickly, I was at a workshop yesterday and I was talking to a couple of other therapists and one of them was talking about a case where they were, it was about sibling abuse. In other words, like their client was on the receiving end of all this abuse by older siblings. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's not uncommon. So, so meaning that, you know, you don't have to, when you hear family of origin, it isn't just mom and dad. It, it may not be them. They, they may be that that part was okay, but you, but you're getting, you know, uh, threatened and bullied or whatever by an older sibling. That's mm -hmm. pretty good at keeping it out of, you know, the parents awareness, mm -hmm. um, or you're being teased at school, you know? So, so anyway, so when I talk about family of origin, any of those things can, influences. Okay. Right. So, Okay. I also want to clarify that it's not necessarily toxic things that happen to us when we're children, but it's how we chose to deal with conflict mm -hmm. or resolve conflict as or, a child. Or how it was modeled for us to resolve, to resolve conflict. conflict. And sure, there's a lot of things that happen to us as children that could be toxic or whatnot, but really these are the things that we do as children to help us cope with conflict, if we can put it in a general mm -hmm. term, if yep. you will. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk about the coping mechanisms of children, mm -hmm. and let's see how it plays out as an adult. Right. Okay. Well, which one do you want to start with? Well, there, there's four of them, and people hearing this um, that may have some familiarity with um, alcoholism or being a child of an alcoholic, these four areas kind of borrow from that, you know, mm -hmm. that you hear this, that these are coping mechanisms for somebody that grows up in an alcoholic family. Um, I've sort of broadened it, you know, that I think any kind of significant dysfunction that you can end up in these categories. So, so. That, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I also think, don't you learn these coping me mechanisms when you're just trying to figure out how to resolve conflict? It doesn't necessarily need to mean to be that the whole thing is dysfunctional. Well, I think that the us going into these things that unconsciously for the child, they're sliding into these things because they are in an environment that's emotionally unhealthy for them. Okay. And so it's it's not just an automatic that everybody falls into it. It's really that, no, there's a reason that they're falling into this stuff. Um, and so... Uh, I, I, I just believe that these things happen because of whatever dysfunction you're experiencing. Okay. That's why I'm broadening it because many times, you know, when you child of an alcoholic, they go, oh, yeah, I, you know, I can relate to, yeah, this is how I did that. And, and yeah, but growing up in an alcoholic family, this the, these are coping mechanisms to deal with that. And I'm saying growing up in anything that's emotionally dysfunctional, you can fall into these categories too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so it could be an alcoholic. It could be where one person, ha you know, one of the parents has a gambling problem mm -hmm. or there's been a tragedy that occurs in the family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. We're mm -hmm. on the same page. So mm -hmm. what's the first one? Well, the first one is the people pleaser. Now, people have heard that phrase a lot of times. In fact, it sometimes is thrown out at somebody as a, you know, negative comment about them. Well, you're always people pleasing. That's why. So how does that one happen? Oh, by the way, I want to say that, so these four we're going to comment about, as you listen to them, you can have ownership in all four as a child, or you might just have ownership in one, or you might have ownership in two or three or, you know, whatever. So I know for me, I had ownership in three of these. Okay. So, um, so as I put them out here and what we're also saying, this is, this is common for a lot of kids. So uh, there's obviously going to be exceptions to this for somebody listening to this, but this is pretty common. So number one is the people pleaser. And usually the person that falls into that is, is that the dysfunction that's happening in the family that's causing, um, emotional grief or hurt or, uh, not feeling emotionally safe, let's say in the family is the people pleaser looks out and says, Oh, wow. How, I don't like this energy. I don't like when people are getting upset. What can I do to make it okay for this person? 
You know, how can I, how can I be a really good kid? If I'm a really good kid, maybe they won't get upset. And maybe I might get some, I don't know, recognition or acknowledgement or, you know, gee, you're a good kid or, you know, something like that. So they're very tuned into usually the stress people or stress that's going on in the family and they're trying to make it okay. They don't want this person to get upset. And so what can I do to make you happy? What can I do that you don't get upset? Because I really want you to like me and I really want you to love me. And so I'll, I'll be really good at school. Um, I'll help out a lot, you know, so that you don't get upset because I know these things upset you. So I'll make sure it's clean or I'll help maybe the parent that's unable to deal with, say, the other parent in a way to put an end to some of this stuff. Like, hey, let me do that. Let me take care of that because I know that if this doesn't get done, so-and-so is going to get upset. So, so there I go. Um, I'm the people pleaser. The, the problem with any of these categories we fall into is, is that at best, it alleviates the problem temporarily. Yes. It does not solve it. And as you start to get older and you're in this, I mean, how many of us know people pleasers as adults? And they're the one that's always willing to do all this stuff, help out. It's like, how, what can I do so that nobody gets upset? And then, and then, and then maybe they have some time to be okay towards me. And people pleasers end up as adults, usually ending up get used and abused and taken for granted. And that's what happens. And they show up a lot in my practice or whatever, where they're doing everything. And then they'll have a moment, moment of a blow up moment, you know, where they can't take it anymore. But then they'll, so the mom or dad blew up. Ah, okay. Then they're back doing what they do. So they're the safety net. They end up being the one that's not going to let the ball drop. You know, I'm not going to let, because, and their esteem then is also connected to, oh, as long as people like me or tell me that they like me, what I'm, what I'm doing or how I am and stuff. Oh, good. I feel okay about myself, which I think on an earlier podcast, we may have talked about giving power to other people to determine how you feel about yourself. So they, they always end up in a, not a good situation, you know, so the people pleaser is playing all that out because remember as a child, we want nurturance. We want to be seen. We want positive attention to ourselves. You know, that's what feeds us as a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second one is the acting out kid. Now this one, people are going to hear this and kind of go, what? So the kid that is breaking the rules, you know, yes, there's chaos in the family and stuff. And they're actually, you know, in their anger and what they're not getting, which is nurturance and positive attention, they sort of speak out through their actions by acting out. And what happens there is they actually get more energy or more attention put on themselves and it's negative attention. However, unconsciously what's happening is like, oh, well, but I'm getting attention. In so other words, negative attention is, is better, better than no attention. Absolutely. Okay. And, and of course, they're digging a huge hole for themselves because the negative attention comes from all the systems, whether it's at home or school or in the society now they've been picked up by the police or you know whatever and they're in that zone which depending on how bad that gets for them where possibly they get incarcerated because they take it to an extreme or as adults they keep just creating acting out scenarios that just really stilt and stop their development about being really functional because they're always doing things that just quote get them into some sort of trouble be it emotional or other so um, they get stuck in that the third one is the child that copes with this the dysfunction by isolating themselves in other words becoming very quiet they they see what's going on around them and they're going, Ooh, boy, this is negative energy. I don't want to be around this. 
I'm going to go in my room and read a book or, you know, I'm going to go over here and just, I'm just going to pull away from this stuff. I'm going to be off the radar screen here. And many times there are kids that are comments like, oh, he or she, oh, they're so quiet. I don't have any problem with them. You know, they don't, you know, uh, they're the quiet kid in the back of the classroom where the teacher is just kind of, you know, oh God, they, you know, just, I don't see anything with them and stuff. Um, and but so, let me clarify, they're, they're physically there with the family. Right. They're just quiet. So they're actually, <clears throat> what is it, the lampshade and the party or something mm-hmm. like that? Just they're visible but not heard. Okay. Right. And, and they're, they're staying away. They're trying to stay away from the stimulus you know, that's mm-hmm. going on. The unfortunate thing for them is, is that they, get become, they become so good at isolating that they don't get seen and so they're not making connection. Of course, again, all kids want that connection, that positive connection, nurturing. They're not getting any of that. Many of their mannerisms is to get lost into maybe um, sort of inanimate stimulus. Like, you know, they love reading storybooks about adventures because that's a safe place and put themselves in the story. You know, I'm going to go my read and read. Who? I'd rather do that. I'd rather be on planet Zeno than, you know, the kitchen where all this shit's going on and stuff. Or to make it a little more relevant in terms of our modern times, the person that's always on their iPhone. Um, on their phone, on the computer. The, yeah, they yeah they could slide it. They could do that. But of course, people are on their iPhones for all kinds of crap. So I, you know, it's not. <laughs> um, I, I I wouldn't just make that exclusive to that group. No, uh, you're not being silent. <laughs> you're just addicted to your computer or your yeah, iPhone. Okay, right. got it. Or I I need to get my likes so I feel good about myself. So I got to you know. You're putting yourself out there a lot on that stuff too. Oh, so, that's true. So anyway, no, I, I, yeah, they could use that too to to isolate. But see, they're the ones that um, you know that quietness doesn't mean that they're not hurting inside. It, that, mm-hmm. You know, it's just that they're not drawing attention to themselves. They've chosen that. And of course, you know, as they get older, then it shows up like, you know, oh, you're so quiet or, you know, and it's hard to draw you out. And well, they don't emotionally trust because it wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. Well, none of them emotionally trust. They're just, this is how they're coping. Okay, um, so that's the isolating self. Yeah, and then the, the fourth one is the kid that um, is never around. It's always out playing over at their friends' houses. Well, what they're doing is... They're not isolating. They want contact. They're just staying away from the energy that's happening around the house. I'm over at my friend's. How many times can I spend the night over at so-and-so's house? Because that house feels safer to me. Um, they just, I'm out playing, you know. Uh, they, they could be putting that energy into positive things like, you know, they're, they're playing sports. They're doing, you know, it's just like, keep me out of the house. You know, I don't want to be around this and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... So they're always, you know, elsewhere. And um, that's how they're dealing with not being around this toxic stuff. And, you know, as an adult, that person can easily be somebody that's hard to connect with because they seem to like, they got the friends, they got all this stuff that they want to do. And, and, you know, they're trying to be in relationship. It's like, well, you know, you're, you're over here, you're doing that stuff. Yeah, well, but, you know, um, again, all, all these all these kids are not learning how to um, be in an intimate relationship, an emotionally intimate relationship, because it's toxic about what they're being exposed to. And so this is how they're trying to not be around the toxicity. But at the same time, what's not being modeled for them is, well, this is what's healthy. And so that becomes problematic later on in their adult relationships. I, I, I'm sure maybe you've heard, you know, it comes into my office sometimes where there's the, the complaint, you know, almost like, it almost seems like the last one that's not around, it almost seems like it's more important to you to go off fishing with your friends or go over here and stuff, and I don't get any time with you, you know. And of course, the more closer, intimate relationship is scary. You know, I don't know how to be in it. Because I was always gone, and it sure as hell wasn't modeled. And there know. we go. Yeah, so, that makes sense. So, and a quick just note. So I t- said earlier too that you can have ownership in all of these, 
I mean, the ones I mentioned to you, I had ownership in acting out, um, withdrawing and always gone. And so, um, those were mine. I wasn't the people pleaser, you know? And so, (laughs) um, and also the, you can, there's degrees of this. So, you know, there can be like in the acting out, that's somebody that, that it could play out all the way to shit. They're incarcerated. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, they're acting out, you know, took them down a road that, you know, just like, wow. To uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so you don't, you can have degrees Extreme. of this stuff and you could start out as a kid and, and say one or two of these. And then as you start to get older as a kid, you can maybe grab onto another one or you can, you're sort of not in one of the ones you were originally in. You just replaced it with one of the others. So that can happen too. Yeah, you could be an isolating, you know, have isolated yourself and then all of a sudden you just act out. I see that. So let's talk about as adults, how does it manifest itself, these four kinds of coping mechanisms, how they manifest themselves in our actions and what we do as adults. So what happens to the child that was super good as the people pleaser? Mm -hmm. You did mention something about that as adults, these are the people that are most likely to get used and abused as adults. They're and taken for granted. And taken for granted. Yeah. Okay. But many times they're the ones too that um, they can be the safety net in a relationship where they're not going to let the ball drop. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, like, uh oh, no, 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 no. We, we, I'll, I'll do it. I'll clean up the room. Or, you know, maybe they've asked for help from people to get some help with some of the stuff that they're doing or to, resolve something but then the other yeah 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 the person's yeah yeah but then they don't and then the anxiety of like okay well this isn't happening Uh uh-oh if this doesn't get done then somebody's going to get upset or something i'll do it i'll do the laundry i'll you know put the clothes away whatever and stuff and over time they feel like they're just taken for granted and then they may speak up and say something about, I don't get any help around here, da 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 and stuff. And people might initially, like I said earlier, they might respond to that and say, oh, okay, well, they're really upset. Okay, so we'll, okay, I'll help you today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so they'll do something, but then they'll just fall back into, you know, what they typically do, which is to not be a part of that. And before you know it, the people pleasers back doing, taking care of everything. They also, people pleasers can, their esteem lies in that too, because they do hear outward praise about, oh my God, thank you for helping out with that. God, you took care of that. You know, geez, that would have been a disaster and stuff like that. And, and so they, they're getting something from that makes them, oh, okay. People liked what I did. They must, they must like me. Uh Oh, but I better keep it up because they might not like me and stuff. So I better keep going. And so they can burn themselves out in, in that whole thing. But also now what's happened for them is, is that a big part of their self-esteem is now determined on how much I please all these people out in my world so that I can get that, hey, I really, oh, I love that you did that. I can't tell you how important that was or, you know, gee, you're so special, you know, da, da, da. Problem is, even if you tell them that you love the people pleaser, they don't believe it about themselves because that was never established as a kid. That sense of feeling loved, you know, and special and stuff like that. So in their people pleasing stuff, this is how they get any goodies. I guess these are also the people that really feel like they're not good enough Yep. in some ways, but also too, in terms of having conflict, aren't these also the people that will also tell you what you, they think you want to hear in order to assuage the other person um, with whom they're having con- conflict. Yeah, that would be a very common defense mechanism for somebody like this. Yeah, I'll tell you what you want to hear just <laughs> mm-hmm. so I can smooth it over and mm-hmm. the conflict for right now will get right. resolved. Right. But at least everybody still feels good because right. I just want to make sure that everybody feels good. Right. I don't want anybody upset. I want harmony. If, I, if that means I've got to, you know, okay, okay, I'll do it, you know, and stuff like that. Um, there's a, there's a, we'll probably talk about this in a moment, but there is a little bit of a difference 
I think we, we may talk more about anger later on. There's that. I'll tell you what you want to hear from the people pleaser. And more than likely, the people pleaser, though, in that situation, they're going to follow through on that. I mean, if I told you, okay, I'll take care of it or, you know, whatever, then they are. They it's, will. Okay. In contrast yeah. with the passive aggressive that tells you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. but then does not follow through. Right, right, right. That's not the people right. pleaser archetype. Yeah. But however, the people pleaser could, yes, I am telling you what you want to hear and I am going to follow through on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for making that distinction. Yeah. It's really important to understand yeah. that. Yeah. So how does the acting out person, but I think we already know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's degrees. They, 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 you know, their acting out could take them to a place where, like I said, ultimately maybe they, they would be incarcerated, you mm-hmm. know, depending, or into addiction of some sort or, you know, which is really problematic and depending on how bad that gets. Um, the, or, you know, there could be degrees of it that it, it could show up maybe in the anger with the acting out person, if you're with that as an adult, is they don't go over that line where they've done something that maybe puts them, you know, I don't know, in prison or in jail, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. However, they are, though, acting out in ways because they don't know how to express what's really going on so i punched the wall i've kicked in the door i broke some shit i'm yelling and screaming and cursing you know um saying hateful things toxic things right i'm 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 not going to that you know level where something is going to you know i'm gonna have real dire consequences Uh, however yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Or I might do something, uh, reckless, you know, um, that again, I don't cross the line, but it's like, whoa, you know what? Come on, chill out here a little bit. You know, something, something could have, could have gone wrong here. And so, so there's degrees of that. And like I, you know, I made up not have said this. That one of the things is that if you see yourself in any of these categories as we're moving through them, it, if you can relate to it, you also can relate to it and just say, "Wow, you know, I'd like to change that for myself. I don't, I don't want to be at the mercy that, you know, this is. Yeah, I go to my right to my coping mechanism and stuff because it really doesn't serve me in the mm-hmm. long haul." In the long haul, it won't. Maybe I'll feel better for a brief moment, but it doesn't really help me in the long haul. So that's acting out. These are the people that are, you know, prone to outbursts, angry outbursts. Mm -hmm. Some of them can be physical, Uh, destructive, right? Uh, They can also be verbally destructive. They they might act out through... Screw it. I I, want to buy myself a motorcycle. You know, well, we can't afford a motorcycle right now. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know. Um, I had never thought of that. <laughs> you know. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like, you know, I, I'm i so pissed off or I, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm unhappy or I'm being controlled. Screw you. You know, I'm... Uh, I'm going to go buy this or whatever. I'm going to go on a shopping spree right. or I'm going to buy myself. Which, yeah, it, which, which there's no like verbal harm to you or, you know, but w- wait a minute. You just, we don't have the money for that. You know, w- w- you know, w- what did you do that for? You know? Yeah. Um, wow. You know. Yeah. That's very interesting to hear that. Yeah. Mm. Makes me think about, you know, people that do these shopping sprees in a whole different way. It really does. Yeah. Because that's a form of acting out. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That's great. What about the person that isolates oneself? Yeah. What well, do they become as an adult? Are they well, the they, lampshade at the party, yeah. like I mentioned earlier? or? Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And by doing that, see, they, they don't really learn any real basic social skills starting as a child. Mm-hmm. So they, they might show up in things like where it can be problematic for them is this is like so anything social they're uncomfortable in or they want to limit that and now how could that be problematic if they're involved with somebody it's like come on let's you know so-and-so's throwing this 
party, let's go and stuff. Well, okay, you know, I, they're the one, yeah, and yeah, the lampshade there, real quiet. They just soon, you know, when, when are we going home or when are we leaving or, you know, or I don't even want to go to begin with, you know, sort of being dragged along, if you will. And then they're also the one where potentially what it gets set up for them is that what I call, you know, maybe um, their partner or other people read their mind because in their quiet stuff, it's like when you try to talk to them, they're not very forthcoming about what's going on for them. And so in that frustration of not getting any real info from them, people can prescribe stuff to the quiet person. Okay, well, well, you're just, you know, I know you don't want to do this and stuff like that and stuff like that. So I'll just, you know, da 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 And then quiet person going, oh, great. <laughs> sure, you want to believe that and you're going to go take care of it and I don't got to do it? Works for me, you know. Okay, but on a really extreme level, the child that's inclined to isolate his or herself, are these the people that just kind of go off one day that we, you know, <laughs> let's, you know, let's talk about it. What's been going on 250 mm-hmm. um, uh, incidences now right. of, you know, right. violence with guns. Are right. these the people that become those kind are they most likely to? Because they have isolated themselves. Mm-hmm. They haven't mm-hmm. learned the social skills. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to deal with conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps those are the people that end up creating a scapegoat or listen mm-hmm. to someone that tells them that someone else is to blame for their problems and mm-hmm. they just take it out on others. Right, right. Talk to me about that. Is that what we're looking at? Or this is the type of person that is most likely to do this kind of violence? Or Well, we can't. We can't broad stroke and say that they all come from that category, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to say yeah. everybody. Yeah. Right, right, that's done this stuff. Because you can have in that group, remember I quickly made the comment that the person, the kid running into his room and starts reading, but he gets into science fiction or fantasy and just they go, wow, boy, I'd like to be on like the planet Xeno. That's cool, you know, versus this stuff. And so as adults there can be people that they get into certain things or hobbies where that's their protect zone to just feel safe and you know but they're very isolated things hobbies and stuff like that that don't require much interaction with somebody else now to answer your question okay i i think the isolated folks so we're always feeling okay our feelings don't shut down and clearly, in any of the categories, there's an underlying that as a child, you're angry about being in this situation that you're in. And in the isolated folks, I, I could see that there could be a group or, or, or folks that internalize that anger. Mm-hmm. You never see it. Yes. They're holding on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it builds. Okay. Um You know, a lot of times kids that are quiet get teased and picked on, like you're weird or strange, you know, why don't you talk? Why don't you da-da-da-da and stuff like that? That kid's still having feelings about that stuff, you know, that's being said to them and stuff. They're not outwardly expressing it, okay? So where is that going, (laughs) okay? Well, it's like a maybe building time bomb, you know? So a subset of those people may Mm -hmm. end up being inclined to uh, take it out on a group of people. Right. And just sort of say, you know, I'm there, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and and, and nobody's going to see me coming. Yeah. You know. I'll do because, one one act of acting out and yeah. try, yeah, and then that's right. it. Well, how many times have you heard with these folks? It's like, well, it's pretty quiet. I didn't really notice them and stuff like that. And then you dig a little bit more into it. Well, yeah, they were teased somewhat. They, people thought they were a little strange or weird, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but that's, yeah, I mean, how many of you heard like, oh, yeah, this kid, man, he was doing all kinds of wild shit, you know. But, you know, it's just a matter of time probably before, you know, not too many of those. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so to answer your question, could there be possibly a case made that um, those folks that have resorted to this mm-hmm. stuff could come out of that 
group or that that coping mechanism. I could see that. Yeah, certainly yeah. something for people to think about and maybe research in mm-hmm. the future. Definitely, mm-hmm. I just uh, that just came to mind. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, the, I, I think the message too is, you know, see the acting out kid or the people pleaser, they're in, they're on people's radar. People see them, right? This isolating kid, you don't see them, you know. And so the the message is is that. Pay, pay attention to the quiet ones. Pay attention to your kids isolating. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more happy just leave me alone, be by myself. Um, and, and the reason they get lost is because they're not a problem, you know. Um, hell, I've had, you know, uh, not that teachers say this, but that it's like, well, um, yeah, I... The kid doesn't cause any problem in class and eh, academically so-so, maybe borderline, meaning in terms of their performance, but okay, I'm going to pass them on or whatever. It doesn't cause a problem in class. Not Uh, a behavior problem. You know, and so, um, and it's not on, and I don't say that, that it's on teachers to, you know, you need to make connections with that kid. You do have to pay attention to the kids that, the quiet ones, and not, not because you're afraid of them, more so because... Hey, do make your overtures to try to interact with them and you know include them, especially when they're younger. Don't don't take a pass just because they're quiet. That's important to know. Okay, so we've talked about the isolating person. Mm-hmm. How about the child that physically removes him or herself? Mm-hmm. What does that become as an adult? Yeah, well, usually that kid is pretty adventurous and um they by being out in the world the plus is that they expose themselves to a whole lot you know more things and and of course they potentially could expose themselves to things wow this is fun you know wow i'm over at so-and-so's house and we're doing this or i'm learning that you know and these are all things that are fun because what's going on in my family i don't want to be around that so as i get older I seek and go for things that are fun, you know, and let's go do this and let's hang over there and, you know, um, let's just keep doing the fun stuff. And, but then nowhere have they learned that, you know what, life has conflict in it. Uh, Yeah. So let's go have fun. Uh (laughs) You know, in other words, um, I don't want to be that broad about that, but it's just that, that. So somebody, if there was somebody and saying, hey, we got to talk about this stuff, you know, and again, they never learned any of that stuff about how to work through stuff. Their solution was get out of Dodge vacation. You know, I'm over at Billy's house, you know, I'm going to spend the night over there. Um, And and they do find, you know, some of them, it's like the reason that you're spending the night at Billy's house or, you know, um, uh Isabel's house or whatever is, is that, uh, it, what's, what they're being exposed to over there is healthier than what they're coming from. So they like being around it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they feel safe there. The, um, but again, it's like this kid is the way that I feel okay is if I'm engaged or doing things, you know, I got to be doing something that brings me pleasure, you know, whatever. But then that, can cause an intimacy problem with somebody you're trying to be with because that person's up against with it's like well can we just hang out can we you know mm-hmm. we, we also got some things that we have to you know talk about talk about you know and it's yeah okay okay you know and uh, and, and then we're we gonna you know, <laughs> you know and so uh, um that person in terms of a because uh, i think we find people that sort of work for us and stuff um, a good matchup for them would be a people pleaser to have them as their partner because they're just going to take care of everything. And then okay, <laughs> let's not let's not match make. <laughs> so <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's talk about these are the people that will never be around to resolve conflict. They're always out. They're out doing something else. They're with someone else. Maybe they're uh, helping someone else. Just anything so that they're not physically there right. to have to deal with the conflict. And, and if you're my partner, I get along great with you. If you go do these things, let's go do some stuff and have fun, you know, or let's 
Let's okay. do that. As long you know, as we uh, never have to talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. Well, it, it's not that they don't know that that stuff goes on, but it's hard for them to be in that and, you know, see that through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, um, I, I guess a good example would be sometimes this can go either way, but a lot of times it happens with men. So there's this conflict in the, in the relationship. And it's not the only thing, but there'll be a moment or a time where you're trying to create that they get some time with each other. They just like, you know, be with each other and start to talk about some of these things as you're trying to also teach them different communication skills. And so we'll talk about, okay, well, let's, let's, you know, see about you guys creating some time with each other and stuff. And the first thing out of a person that we're talking about right now that, you know, let's go out, let's do things, all this is they'll say, okay, um, uh, so what are we going to do? And then it's, it turns into for them, it's like, well, what's most important is that the activity we choose to do, I got to like doing it. You know, in other words, you know, um, it's gotta be something that, you know, I'm going to have fun, you know, and you know, whatever and stuff. And so, uh, suggestions will come out, whether it's from their partner or or anybody. It's like, and maybe their partner wants to do this. No, 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 I don't want to do that. That's not fun. Uh-huh. And, then, and then they'll even share the frustration that as they're trying to, you know, tell their partner things they want to do. It's like, yeah, well, they don't want to do that. And so then what I have to interject is to say, whoa, whoa, whoa okay, this isn't what the process is about. You want to come to this is that your approach to your partner is, hey, I want to spend time with you. Okay, it's not driven by what we do. Uh-huh. And that's scary for this person because that means it's more closeness there. Okay, um, if, if what we do is fun, then I'll hang out with you and we'll have a good time, you know, and stuff like that. What? You want to like talk to if we're walking, you know, what'd you say? You just want to walk hand in hand on the beach, enjoy that. And we're going to walk and talk and stuff like that. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know if they would say it like that, Tom. Yeah, well, I really don't. Well, um, or maybe you've heard that in your yeah. Well, but so uh, I'm just using that that they 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 tend to be the ones that um, it's they're, they're still in that mentality of like the the thing to distract, you know. And with all these groups that we're talking about, and all of us, we all want that nurturance intimacy, even when we didn't get it as a child, we still want it. It becomes problematic as because of not getting that, we don't know how to send it or take it in as an adult. Like what I just said is that what we're trying to work on here is that you guys have some more intimate time with each other. You know, that's the very thing that you wanted as a kid. But the person is like, the reason they resist is because it's scary because they don't know how to take that in or initiate it. And so by staying paralyzed there, they just keep replicating the experience that's familiar to them. Because that's all that they know. Right. Yeah. And so so to do the work, to get the person to work through some of that stuff, I won't go into all that, but just that you know, to get them to that place and for them to tap back into, look, this is what you want. You want this closeness. Yeah, I get that it was never modeled or it was toxic or, you know, and this is how you survived. You know, this was a survival mechanism. Yeah, it's okay to have fun. That's okay. We're not trying to take that away. And, you know, do you want to learn how to be close too? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's what we all want. Yeah, yes, indeed. So, so I, I, I think this is probably a good time for us to invite our listeners if they have any comments or scenarios that they want to share or memories or questions that they have about what, what we've just talked about would be a great time for them to give us a call or send us an email because we would definitely appreciate the comments and questions and 
Not if it's be, something I don't like to do. Oh, no. for heaven's sakes. Oh, well, now we know what kind of... <laughs> what, kind what are you of talking coffee? about? What kind of show are we doing yeah, here? here? No, 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 no. Uh, they, they, they can't ask a question like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, that's that's you not know, fun. Me being the people pleaser, <laughs> please, please give us a call. Let us know. But is it so, fun, Isabel? Yeah, Tom, you'll like be, it. You're going to love yeah, it. I'm going to tell can, you what you want to hear and then yeah, set you up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so in, in that spirit... Um, our telephone number is 650-319-6848 for comments, questions, or even if there are topics that you would like us to address. And if you feel more comfortable sending us an email, please shoot us one at imjdpod at gmail.com. As long as it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been actually a very enlightening uh, podcast for me. I've learned a couple of things, and uh, I'm already identifying some of these coping mechanisms. <laughs> My question to you, which were your three? Well, I told you earlier. Well, oh, no, I, I said I had ownership. I had, yeah, I did. Uh, um, you were not acting, people. Yeah, you, not the ple- people pleaser. You were not. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it was the acting out, uh, isolate, and gone. You would isolate yourself. I find that so hard to, to Well, believe. you know, okay, that. Um, so how that would happen, and I have ownership in that, is that uh, the form of discipline I grew up with was pretty much corporal punishment i'd either get spanked and that could be i remember early on as a kid it was a what was it it was a rubber strap that was um used and then um and then it got thrown in there too my dad used to hit me not all the time but usually enough that as a kid you're afraid of that and stuff like that physical intimidation stuff um so, but when I would get disciplined, the message was, go in your, you're crying now, go in your room. And um, now I'm in my room and I'm crying because I got hit or spanked or whatever happened. And then, so nobody would ever come in to check on me. The, the, the end game would be that, oh, if you're done crying, you can come out of your room now. Or maybe, you know, depending on whatever I did, uh, might lead up to, okay, well, you can come out of your room now. It's dinner time and stuff. Uh, there wouldn't ever be any follow-up, like, say, with my mother or anybody, like, are you okay? And da, 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 you know, blah, 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 blah. So, so I'm in my room crying, and so, okay, uh, so what do I start to do? I'm trying to self-soothe myself because I'm feeling crappy. So I start playing with my baseball cards inanimate object i used to be into monster models and so i'm over there with those and then you know that's how i'm sort of calming down from the sniffles and what have you you know when i describe this for people about when they're sent off i mean it's not uncommon say for instance and this could be girls or boys but many times with women that they had a lot of stuffed animals in their room and they're in there and nobody's coming in to interact with them. And so then they're having suit, they're hugging their teddy bears and all this stuff to self soothe around this interaction that wasn't pleasant for them mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, um, so I think that's where I learned to go to isolation for self soothement. In other words, um, if I'm emotionally hurting, I can find an activity or something that's very singular and just go there to uh, resolve myself emotionally, something that's done very solitary, you know, versus, wow, you could actually talk to somebody about how you're feeling, you know, as an adult, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon as I got older that. You know, I don't know what's going on with you, you know. Yeah, this interaction happened and stuff. And then I'm, you know, I, I to me, is foreign. Like, oh, somebody's actually going to talk to you or you can talk about this or they, they'll check in on you and stuff like that. It's like, I don't know what that is, you know. But I can go isolate and do this thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, it's, it's interesting that, that yeah, because I never would have thought that about you. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a good place to stop mm-hmm. sure. until next week, yeah, 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 next yeah. time. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what we're going to talk about. 
Well, I, I know that there's another link to some of the stuff that uh, we may next time um, talk about the degrees of anger. The you know, continuum like, of anger. Yeah, that would be a great topic next know, week. And so we may want to get into that a little bit more. I mean, we've referenced it all throughout here and stuff, but maybe to pick it apart a little bit more. And I'd be looking forward to um, taking a look at these four ways that we deal with things and having the other side to it is like, okay, instead of being a people pleaser, what's the healthy way to deal with it? Mm -hmm. Instead of acting out, what's the healthy way to deal with it? Mm -hmm. That type of thing. That would be kind of cool to do, if you will. Yeah, well, as long as it's fun, I'll do it. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have fun every single time we do a podcast. <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks, Tom. Right. It's been great chatting yep. with you. Guess what, listeners? Your views are really important to us, and we would love to hear from you. So there are two ways to reach us. If you have questions or comments, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future show, you can either send us an email at imjdpodpod at gmail.com or give us a call at 650-319-6848 just to let you know if you can keep your message about a minute long. We'd really appreciate it, just like we'd really appreciate to hear from you. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can follow us on Facebook so you'll never miss an article or episode. Thanks, everyone, and I hope we hear from you soon. This podcast and website represents the opinions of Tom and Isabel and their guests to the show and the website. The content here should not be taken as professional advice. The content here is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast and the website are our own. And while we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is important to us. When anecdotal examples are used, names and identities are not disclosed to protect confidentiality. This website or this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapeutic relationship. Lastly, if you find any errors in, in the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through our website, imjdpod.com.